big welcome to our service this evening. You're very welcome to join us, and it's so good to have you here on our Thanksgiving Sunday. And uh, really, the question is, how thankful are you feeling? How, how much is giving thanks to God a part of your, your daily life? And I just wanted to share one reason uh, before we start, as we start this, this evening. And it's in Psalm 103. Listen to this verse. If you're a Christian, uh, you can say this. It's a great reason for thanksgiving. The Lord does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Basically, God doesn't treat us how we deserve. And uh, in our prideful, uh, entitled culture that we live in, it's possible for us to forget that, that uh, what our sins deserve. Uh, But instead, we can actually say this as Christians. The Lord deals with Jesus according to our sins. And he repays Jesus according to our iniquities. That's amazing grace. That's amazing mercy. And uh, we have so much to thank God for if we can say that's true for us. We can be going through the greatest trials, the biggest difficulties in our life, and yet have uh, eternal reasons to eternally thank God. Um, So let's just do that in our first hymn. We're going to sing a couple of hymns together, one after the other. Uh, Our first one is Fill Your Hearts with Songs of Worship. And great is thy faithfulness, praising God for his faithfulness to us and his care over us in our lives. Let's stand to sing.
We're going to have our Bible readings now, and we have three of those in uh, the Psalms, Book of Psalms. Our first one is Psalm 103, and that's on page 502, if you're using the Church Bible. We're going to read the first eight verses of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And just over the page, Psalm 108, a couple of pages, Psalm 108 and the first six verses. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth, that your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer me. And the last psalm is 138, which is on page 521. Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. For they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty, or proud, he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Well, John will be preaching from that psalm a little bit later on. And we're going to have a a prayer time now. Um, Tim, Malcolm and Paul are coming up to pray. And they're going to focus on different uh, avenues of thanksgiving in our prayer time now. So, Tim, if you could start us off. Thank you.
Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come together tonight to meet together and to hear your word. Lord, we thank you that we can, we have so much to worship you for and to praise you for. Lord, as we think of what we heard this morning, Lord, and we look around us, Lord, we just thank you for this creation that you have made, Lord. We thank you that we can worship the Creator. And Lord, we thank you for the way you provide for us through your creation. Lord, we thank you that you have promised that there will always be a seed time and a harvest. You have promised that the seasons will continue and that you will provide for us. Lord, we thank you that we live in a country where even with the drought we had this year, Lord, we still had a harvest, Lord, and there's still plenty of foods in the shops that we can um, easily access, Lord. And Lord, this is a provision from you, Lord. So Lord, we want to pray for those who live in areas and places where access to food can be very difficult and very um, very scarce, Lord. We pray for those who've had droughts that's wiped out their entire crops, Lord. We pray for those in um, countries where there's conflict, Lord, where it's supplies of food are difficult to come by, Lord. And Lord, we pray that you would help them, that you would comfort them, that you provide for them. And Lord, we pray as well that even when you, when you taught the disciples how to pray, Lord, that you told them to pray that you would provide for their daily bread, Lord. Lord, pray that you would help us to remember to come to you each day, Lord. And remember that promise that you've made to provide us with everything that we need, Lord. It's so easy for us to take for granted what we have around us, Lord. But Lord, you know our needs even before we do, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that you graciously provide for us, Lord. And as we looked at this, this afternoon at the communion time, Lord, more than anything, Lord, we want to thank you for that indescribable gift that you gave for us, Lord, that you sent us your Son to die for us, Lord, providing for us our ultimate need, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for that. We ask that you be with us now as we hear your word this evening, Lord, that you'd help us to understand, help us to hear what you're speaking to us through John, Lord. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we <clears throat> express our thanksgivings for... Uh, Spiritual blessings, let me just read a few verses from Ephesians chapter 1. And it's entitled, Spiritual Blessings in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he has chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestinated us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. 
Let's pray. Lord God, do help us to continue in prayer. Help us to open our hearts and express our thanksgiving for uh, the many spiritual blessings that you shower upon us. Lord God, the key to spiritual blessings is to be in Christ. And Lord, to be in Christ, we need to be uh, chosen uh, and adopted, made sons and daughters of uh, King Jesus. Lord God, we do pray that that might be the case with us. Lord, that you have uh, made us aware of our uh, sinful state and that you have uh, drawn us to uh, repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus so that at last we would uh, receive the crown of righteousness. Lord God, we pray that that might be the exercise in our hearts by your Spirit. Lord, we thank you for that uh, great blessing of forgiveness, that through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, all those who come to you uh, in repentance and faith receive uh, forgiveness of sins. And all our faults and failures are covered uh, by the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, and as your word expresses, our sins are cast into the depths of the sea uh, and uh, put uh, as far as the east is from the west. Lord, these are great, uh, great blessings. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, the one that uh, moves our hearts, the one that uh, lives within us. Lord, we pray that uh, that might be more evident. Lord, we pray that uh, we may encourage the Spirit within us, that we wouldn't uh, quench the Spirit, but that we would be concerned to uh, do that which is right. And as uh, we have just read, that uh, we are blameless and pure before a holy God, but only uh, through the, the wonder of the Lord Jesus Christ and that work of salvation. Lord, we do thank you for uh, that redemption, the uh, way that Jesus Christ has been made the propitiation for our sins. Lord, we, we wonder at your, uh, your grace and mercy to us. Help us uh, now to express our thanksgivings for all those spiritual blessings that are found in Jesus Christ, our Saviour and Lord. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this church. We thank you, Lord, that you have set the solitary in families and we, we thank you for this family, Lord. For We thank you for the large measure of unity that you have given this church over the years, nearly two centuries now. Lord, we thank you that there is a brotherly love. We thank you, Lord, for the different ministries of the church. We, we think of the, the first steps and the Sunday school and rooted and connect. Um, we think of action. Uh, we, we think of the uh, first Tuesday meetings. We think of the men's and the women's events. Lord, so many different ministries. Um, 
but first and foremost we want to thank you for the ministry of the word we thank you for those who lead us in teaching us your word and Lord we we pray that you'll continue to pour your spirit upon them that we might grow together in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ Lord we thank you that you have given different gifts and as we think of those different ministries we think of the suitability of those who lead them Lord they have gifts appropriate to that task and and Lord we we recognise the diversity of the body Lord Paul reminds us of the the fact that the body is made up of many members and we thank you that we learn from that that we should have the same care for one another Lord that where one member suffers all members suffer with it where one rejoices all members rejoice with it and Lord you know especially over recent months we have had some extreme suffering amongst our members depths of bereavement that are so hard to bear but we thank you Lord that we we're in a, a loving church where we can seek to support one another and comfort one another and help in practical ways. But Lord, we, we can't do this without your Holy Spirit and without love being poured into our hearts. So Lord, do continue to give us the grace to serve one another and to love one another. We thank you for all your gifts to us in the church. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, gents. Well, we're going to sing again. Uh, sing our next song. All my days, I will sing this song of gladness, give my praise to the fountain of delights. For in my helplessness, you heard my cry, and waves of mercy poured down on my life. Let's stand and sing.
Well, it's good to be in a Thanksgiving psalm on this Thanksgiving Sunday. It's a a psalm that I've not really looked at before. I've read it before, but I haven't really studied before uh, that I remember. But um, it's been uh, warming on me as I've been looking at this psalm uh, during the week. And I hope it will be a help to you, us, this evening at the end of our Thanksgiving day. So if you've got a Bible, do turn to Psalm 138 or look at it on your app if you have it. If you have it. Um, and the Psalms are in the middle of the Bible, so if you open roughly in the middle, you'll be in the Psalms. And we're in number 138 this evening. This evening. And it's uh, struck me as a, a good Psalm for us to be at on this evening. You'll see that there is a, a note of thanks through the Psalm. So in uh, verse 1 you have give you thanks and you have the word praise and in verse 2 you have give thanks and in verse 4 you have give you thanks and in verse 5 you have sing. So at a glance you get a sense of it being a thanksgiving psalm that we're looking at this evening. And as a psalm it is a song. A song of thanksgiving. And songs and psalms do have the ability, don't they, to stir us up. To give us some voice. Uh, sometimes to melt our hardness. So hopefully in this psalm this evening, that will be our experience. As we come to this psalm, we're getting nearer to the end of the book of Psalms. In fact, we're at the the start of a, of a final batch of David's psalms before you get to the last five hallelujah psalms. There's a strong sense of praise in this and the last of these batch of David's psalms before we go into the sort of final chorus of praise in the last few psalms. One of the old older harvest hymns Uh, Maybe you've come across it. It was called, Come you thankful people, come. And I wonder if that describes us this evening. Come you thankful people, come. Well, perhaps it does. And in which case you'll be able to sort of jump on quickly to the, the carriage of thanksgiving in the psalm and flow with it. Perhaps, to be honest, you're feeling a bit mixed and a bit flat. And maybe this psalm will uh, act like the, the bellows, fanning the flame of a sense of thanksgiving in your heart, so that by the end we'll be able to feel that the thankful people have come, or at least the, the thankful people are, are going away because they've been blessed by the psalm that they've looked at. Well, there's four things I wanted us to notice about this psalm and they're all in connection with thanksgiving. And uh, we're going to be going through the psalm in order, really. And the first is wholehearted thanksgiving. Wholehearted thanksgiving. The first couple of verses, or the first verse and a half, really. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name. Don't you find the first line catches your eye? I give you thanks, O Lord, with my 
whole heart. Doesn't just mean uh, with a big voice, though it may well show in that way. Doesn't just mean he's a hearty singer, though that can be good. The heart in the Bible is the the control centre. It is where our purpose and direction and affections are placed. And so it's a big thing when he says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. There's something inner, there's something deep about his thanksgiving. How deeply and fully are we thankful? How deeply and fully are we thankful? And many of you have got cars and fairly often you look at uh, the fuel gauge and you see where it's pointing, how full your tank is. Well, if, 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 if your sense of thanksgiving in your heart was um, indicated on a gauge, where would, the, uh, where would it be pointing to? Would it be full up? You know, beyond the end of the, the reading, as it often goes when you fill up. Will it be sort of a half? Quarter? Be in the red? Nearly running empty? Would it be almost below the red and some other sign on your dashboard is flashing? How, how, how whole is your heart in thanksgiving to God? Well, this man is uh, not superficial, it's not just token, it's not just begrudging. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart, you're worth my wholehearted praise and thanksgiving. And it's not the only time it comes up in the songs. Uh, Psalm 109, uh, Psalm 9 starts this way. I will give thanks to you, to the Lord with my whole heart I will recount of your wonderful deeds. And we had read for us Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And that wholeheartedness, it shows in um, courage and boldness. Maybe if you thought through the reading, maybe the end of verse 1 puzzled you a little bit. You know, what's, what's going on here? This is a bit of a surprise. I will give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart, before the gods I sing your praise. Well, it, it can be understood in, in different ways. Um, very occasionally in the Bible, the phrase gods is used for angels and that may have some reference here. But I tend to think that actually what he's saying is before the so-called gods around, before the the gods and the statues then that other people are worshipping, I won't be put off by them. I won't shrink from giving thanks to you because of them. I am determined to give you thanks and so I will praise you with my whole heart before the gods I sing you praise. Um, some of the men here were thinking of Daniel this week. 
And uh, whilst we weren't in Daniel 6, we were on this sort of theme of Daniel's courage and boldness. And and Daniel does that in Daniel 6. You know of the account probably because it's the one with the lion's den involved and the way in which Daniel is threatened not to pray to God. And yet it says, Daniel 6 verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, the threats against those who prayed, he went to his house where he had the windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem, he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he'd done previously. See, I'm not worried about the threats. I'm determined and bold in giving wholehearted thanks. Well, I know it's good to be sensitive, but sometimes we're Too reluctant, aren't we, to be bold in giving thanks? Um, I guess many of us could relate to what Wes said at the men's evening on Tuesday when he talked about being a a, a new Christian as a a teenager and feeling he ought to give thanks for his food, uh, uh, you know, at school or whatever, and he would sort of pretend he got something in his eye as he sort of closed his eyes and uh, gave thanks and a number of times his friends said, you're right, you got something wrong with your eye and he was sort of feeling embarrassed. He wanted to give thanks to God but he didn't want to sort of be seen to be doing it and cause any sort of disturbance or feel ashamed. And here you have somebody who says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. That made me think, you know, how bold is our thanksgiving? Not every situation requires public thanksgiving. It's interesting, actually, in the previous psalm, in verse 3, for there in Babylon, there our captors required us of our songs and our tormentors mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? So there are different situations, there are different things happening. I don't know what you do when you're um, elsewhere. I mean, perhaps you give thanks at home in your in your your own sort of family situation for for food. I don't know what you do when when you're out. Well, I think situations vary. We have slightly. We do want to give thanks, and sometimes we might. Pray together when we're, we're out as a family. Sometimes it seems right to sort of pray quietly on our own. But whatever we feel is right, it's good to do it with a, a sense of boldness and courage. There are times when I've prayed out loud, when we've been out at a restaurant, I've just prayed, you know, with me and Esther or a few of us, and at the end said, Esther said, I barely hear what you say. Well, that's not really in the spirit of this, is it? You know, if we're deciding to give thanks, and we want at least the people around the table to hear, we're not being intimidated and ashamed. God is worthy of thanks. This man had a wholehearted spirit of bold thanksgiving. And it might be shown in speaking to others, bringing in our thankfulness. You know, even just the phrase, I'm thankful when you're telling somebody about something, you know, there's a pointer because you're thankful, because you're thankful to someone and you're giving thanks to God. 
Maybe you even might go a step further in some cases and just say, I thank God for that. I thank God this happened. A sense of boldness and wholeheartedness in thanksgiving. He did so with reverence and humility. It's not just a a good sing-song. Verse 2, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name. He knows how God was to be worshipped in Old Testament times. The direction of thought was to the temple or to the tabernacle. That was the place where God was revealing himself to humanity. That is the place where God was making a sort of a way open for humanity. That, that was where it was possible to have relationship with God. And so in giving thanks, he, he bows down toward the holy temple. We don't need to bow down towards a holy temple, but we do think of Jesus, whose body was the temple, Jesus, who has brought together God and man. It is our thoughts to Jesus, through Jesus, that we pray as we give thanks. So, we can thank God wholeheartedly, reverently, boldly, through the way that he has made in his son, Jesus. Wholehearted thanksgiving. And then, as we go a little further... We can think of thoughtful thanksgiving. Thoughtful, thoughtful thanksgiving. And we're partway through verse 2 and into verse 3 here. Give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. You see, heartfelt thanksgiving is not uh, mindless thanksgiving. It's not just I'm singing and I'm happy, but I have no reason, no, no, no clue as to why. There is, uh, a, a thanksgiving is really a response this afternoon at communion, some of us think another way in which our thanksgiving is a response to God's gift. And you have it here that there's a, a thoughtfulness and there are reasons why this man is so wholeheartedly thankful. So you have the four, because the four is giving some reasons. Give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. And we could imply another thought. For on the day I called, you answered me, my strength of soul, you increased. So his thankfulness was in response to the character of God. Because of of who God is. You have this beautiful term here, steadfast love. Um, I saw a a book advertised on the net this week and um, it's uh, 176 pages on one word. And the word is a Hebrew word, hesed. And the Hebrew word hesed is here translated steadfast love. 
love. The book's called Inexpressible Hesed and the Mystery of God's Loving Kindness. So he was really saying that this word, Hesed, steadfast love, is just so significant and so packed in the Bible. God's love, which is steadfast love, which is enduring love, which is faithful love, which is committed love, which is lasting love. And it's a tremendous phrase in the Bible. In fact, I think it was a year or two ago, we looked at some of the steadfast love psalms and we picked up on this theme. And God's love to his people, to believers, is faithful, enduring, lasted, committed. And we are, we are utterly secure in his character and his promise. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word your steadfast love and your faithfulness, which we have been singing about already in the second of those two opening hymns. And, uh, you know, you just can't, you, you can't beat being loved, and even more than that, you can't beat being loved with a committed love, with a safe love, with a lasting love. And when you reflect on the lasting love of God and his faithfulness, then it does act as a bellows on the, the embers of thanksgiving in your heart. God's character in the Old Testament, in this tremendous declaration we have in Exodus 34, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That is our God. And that love works out specifically towards his people. And in verse 3 we get quite personal. Because he says in verse 3, On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. So he thinks back to the way in which this God of steadfast love had been so merciful to him. He thinks of the time when he, he was in such need and, and he called out and he was desperate and he needed God's help and God's intervention and God answered him. And in this case, we don't always get immediate answers to prayer, but in this case, it, it happened, uh, there was an immediacy about it. On the day I called, you answered me. And we perhaps think back and we... Perhaps over the summer, the things that we were praying about, the activities and the wonderful way in which God so fully answered prayer. We think back to our own individual situations, perhaps over the last few weeks, feeling a desperate need for God's help. And God heard and, and answered and he gave strength and emboldened us. And when we think of God's personal dealings with us, so it's not just a God of Hesed, a God of whom you could write 176 pages of. It is, it is real and it's living and it's in our lives. And when we think of such things, we're thoughtful and it leads to thanksgiving. Of his deliverance I will boast till all that are distressed 
from my example comfort take and charm their griefs to rest. Thoughtful thanksgiving. As we go a bit further, we have widespread thanksgiving. Going into the next few verses. So the song started personal. Almost like a soloist. You know, come Christmas time in a lot of places, the first carol will be uh, once in Royal David City and there usually be a soloist singing the first verse, often depending where you're listening. Well, it starts a little, a bit like that. It's a personal start to the psalm, isn't it? In the first three verses. But the image then changes as we go into verse 4. Now you've got a, an international chorus. Now you've got a big choir. Look how widespread he anticipates the thanksgiving being. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Well, personal, wholehearted thanksgiving is good, but it's even better when you're in the crowd. So it might be nice to sing 10,000 reasons when you're in the shower, but it's even better on a Thanksgiving day to finish up the service singing 10,000 reasons with a lot of other people singing with their hearts. Widespread thanksgiving. God is a God of such glory that he deserves widespread thanksgiving. We delight when others are also giving him praise. We went to um, the new camp, that's the Barcelona football ground, in the summer. And it was quite an experience on several fronts. Uh, But one of the aspects of the experience is that uh, at some points in the match, the crowd decide to do a Mexican wave. You've seen a Mexican wave, perhaps at Wimbledon or elsewhere, where where people stand up in sort of sync and the wave goes all around the stadium. When you're in a stadium of of 92,000 people, that's quite a sight to see them all going round, standing up in the Mexican wave. And it's as if God deserves, if you like, a Mexican wave of praise. Not with the arms lifted, but with the voices lifted and the hearts lifted. Worthy of praise and attention of many. A widespread praise of God. Well, you might be surprised, as you look at it, of um, who he's expecting to sing thanksgiving. Verse 4, in this widespread praise, all the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. All the kings of the earth. Well, it shows the worthiness of God. It's quite right that the king of kings, the Lord of lords, should receive praise and thanksgiving from lesser kings and lesser lords. But how, how... How how has that been worked out, these kings? Well, there were snippets in the Old Testament. Hiram, king of Tyre, gave some credit and attention to God. 
Um, the Queen of Sheba did. Um, quite a change round, wasn't there, in Nebuchadnezzar and in Cyrus. So they end up giving praise to God after what they go through, despite the fact that's not where they started. That's been true through the Gospel Age, New Testament times. Well, you think of our, our own monarch, or previous monarch, as we have to say now. All Souls in London have done a little video, four-minute tribute to um, the Queen. You, you, you might want to look at it online, but it, it gives some of the quotes of her speeches uh, uh, in the background with, uh, alongside photos of her life. And you see how much she said, giving credit to God, pointing towards Christ. I suppose we got a glimmer of this, you know, at, at her funeral. Struck me as I was just thinking about this in verse 4. There was a, a Christian service. You might have different views about quite the, the, the nature of the singing and the language and so forth, but it, the, the, the content of the language of the service was, was very good. And there were nearly a hundred presidents and heads of governments there. Christian hymns were sung. If we go broader than the heads of government, according to NBC News, there are around 500 foreign dignities, dignitaries attending the service, including the President of the United States, the President of France, kings and queens from across Europe, leaders of Commonwealth nations. I don't know how many sang. I don't know how many meant what they sang if they did sing. But I thought it was a bit of a glimmer of what we have here. But of course it's not the, the whole picture, even in the, the Gospel age. The Bible does say not many noble are called, far from all the prestigious bigwigs of people who become heartfelt believers. But it does point to the second coming of Jesus when there will be widespread acknowledgement. Philippians 2 verse 9, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And this I found interesting second to last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 21, verse 22. And I saw no temple in the city, it's a picture of heaven, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. The Lord deserves widespread acclaim, even from the bigwigs and dignitaries of the world, because they are his creatures, and because he is kind in providing for them, and because he has sent his Son into the world. And that praise is especially 
because of the fact that somebody so high has time for the humble. The high has time for the humble. Verse 6, for though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. The Lord is the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, it says. Yet it adds, I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. So the Lord deserves widespread thanksgiving. And the very last verse of the Psalms, all the 150 of them, 150 of them, 150 Psalms, and what is the final note? 150 verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we have breath, so let us be included now amongst that widespread thanksgiving and be pleased that others too join us in praising a God who is worthy of our thanksgivings. And we take the psalm to the end. And we have another uh, nuance, if you like, to um, our, our thoughts this evening. And I'm going to call it this, to keep it simple, troubled thanksgiving. Troubled thanksgiving. So he goes from the international back to the personal again. So the camera angle started, if you like, zooming in on an individual and then went sort of wide angle lens and now it's zooming back in to him. And we see the circumstances that he's still in and expects to be in, in verses 7 to 8. And this is what he says. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfil his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Now they give a clear picture of the man trusting. So there's a lesson in that. He's a man who's trusting God in difficulties in the God who preserves, in the God who delivers, in the God who has purposes for him, in the God who loves him. So it's a, a picture of a, of a man trusting in trouble. We might think of Jesus, the ultimate fulfilment of all these Psalms, trusting in trouble. But if we take the Psalm as a whole, as we're doing this evening, it also shows a man not just trusting in trouble, but thankful in trouble, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Shows a man thankful in trouble. So when he says in verse 1, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole, my whole heart, he is currently experienced in verse 7, though I walk in the midst of trouble. So it is thanksgiving in trouble. Troubled thanksgiving. And that will largely be true of you and me as well. 
Jesus says, in this world you have trouble, tribulation. Job says that man, humans are born to trouble as the, the flames go upwards. It's inevitable we are in a world of trouble. And yet, a note of thanks, even wholehearted thanks, in troubled times. And you think back, perhaps just, just think, try and think back if you can, last two weeks. Okay, and you've got two columns on your left hand side. You've got, um, that's this side for you, left hand side you've got um, blessings. Okay, there's been a lot to be thankful for, hasn't it, in the last couple of weeks? And you could think of your meals and you could think of what's happened some days and you think of your family perhaps and you think of people who care for you. In fact, you've got a car, you've got electricity comes in your home. You, you just, you know, be a long list, okay, of blessings. But also, the last couple of weeks, troubles, if we're going to list some troubles here. What's happened this last couple of weeks? Kept you awake at night. Things have been painful. It's been close to you. Yeah, try and put some things on that list if you can. I've got a few things on the list. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but I've got a few on my list. You think about your list. Things to be troubled about, and there are. Sometimes they're very weighty for a lot of people, and we don't want to undermine that at all. Uh, we've prayed about that this evening, and we're thoughtful about that. But um, one of the thoughts of this psalm is it's possible to be thankful even in the troubles. It's not only on the, the high days and the party days and the celebrations. Uh, and when you get the results and they're all A's. It's not only those days. It's the other days as well. Uh, and there is... How can, how can... How can there be thankfulness in trouble? How can he say, though I walk in the midst? So I'm not just on the edge of it. I'm not just sort of getting a little bit of breeze. I'm in the eye of the storm, if you like. And yet he can say that he's thankful with his whole heart. Well, surely part of the answer is this, that God's character hasn't changed. He's still a God of steadfast love, of enduring love, of committed love, and that hasn't changed. The greatest gifts he gives have not changed. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. These things go on and are unaffected. So there is room for thankfulness, even in the trouble. We've been going through Colossians one Sunday mornings. And that was a note, wasn't it? In life's difficulties, he was praying that they would be strengthened and that they would be thankful. Because they've been qualified for the inheritance, because they've been delivered from the domain of darkness, because they've been transferred to the kingdom of the Son of His love, because they've been given redemption and forgiveness of sins. We think about food, and we've been thinking about harvest, and we've been wondering if this year's harvest is a little bit less than others may be, but still we have plenty. But what if there's no harvest? 
one of the most, um, I think one of the most triumphant verses in the Bible, two verses actually, comes at the end of a little known prophecy called Habakkuk, or Habakkuk. And he ends like this. Think of it in terms of harvest and his response. It's just almost, you almost think, how could you say this? But he can. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Wow. Maybe we can't say that as fully as that. But you know, if we know the Lord and his promises and his salvation, then there is always room for some degree of thankfulness, even in the trouble. The Bible does say, in everything, Give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. So, Psalm 138, good for a Thanksgiving Sunday, I hope you agree. But not only good for a Thanksgiving Sunday, not only for a a happy day. God deserves our thanksgiving, our wholehearted praise, our desire for his widespread praise, on every day and even in the difficult days because he is a God of committed love and faithfulness. Well, our last hymn is 10,000 Reasons which we can sing together, not just on our own. And uh, as you go through this, this nice song of praise, you can track actually quite a lot of what we've been looking at this evening. He wants to pray wholeheartedly. He wants to pray because of God's character and grace. And he wants to still be praising even when things are really difficult and he's at the end of life. So notice that and let's sing along together. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O my soul, worship his holy name.
And just to say that we're having trouble with the lights in the car park, so they're not working, so just go careful in the car park. Shall we, uh, shall we pray together? Oh Lord, we may have come as thankful people and found it easy to jump on the bandwagon of wholehearted thanksgiving as we've tracked this psalm. And we thank you where that's the case. We pray that that would have been a blessing to those in that situation. Maybe we became a bit flat and maybe our response of thankfulness is very intermittent and doesn't get very high levels. Maybe we started the service with a a tank of thankfulness which was running pretty dry. And maybe that's because of difficulties in our lives that have struggled with and have exhausted us. But we pray that charting this psalm and seeing your enduring love which is reflected in it may have acted like a bellows on a struggling fire and fanned it into a flame that we may go away with a sense of thanksgiving to our God who is worthy of honour, praise and thanksgiving. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.